If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. Welcome everyone to Navigating Complicated Relationships. And if you're listening to this live on the day, then happy Valentine's Day. And if you're not, hey, happy day. So today's subject is Beyond Weight Loss Diets. Might be a bit of an odd title at first, but I think you'll get it in just a minute. So my big question to you though, is are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Maybe you've tried restrictive weight loss diets in the past. Actually, statistically, yes, you have, and you've probably had at least two, probably as many as 30. This is just statistically speaking, and I'm gonna try not to say that word too often. So counting calories is typically the way that people go with weight loss diets. And I'm gonna get into that in a little bit and show you why it's a complete waste of time to count calories. Never count another calorie, it's, it's pointless. It is a distraction, in fact. Traditional diets are not made to work. They are made to be a short-term bridge from where you are now to where you want to be. However, it's not a very solid bridge and they're not made with the best quality materials. These diets are basically made to be a Band-Aid on a bleeding artery. They, they are ineffective. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So you get into this perpetual cycle of you try this diet. Oh, that didn't work. I'll try that diet. Oh, I fell off the wagon. Now you're starting to feel like, oh, I did something wrong. Uh-huh. Pay attention to that because diets aren't made to work. You can't fall off the wagon when the wagon is designed to fall apart, right? It's the wagon's problem, not you. In other words, you don't fall off the diet. You don't fail the diet. The diet fails you. And I would love for you to really pay attention to that because this, this whole several billion dollar industry of the diet industry basically makes you feel like you're failing all the time. So you try harder and you try harder. Now, all of this is my opinion. I am not a doctor and I'm just going to tell you the things as I see them and as I've experienced them. So I hope you take this as it's meant to be delivered, okay? But I've had a lot of work with, within the diet industry over the years. I have a nutrition background. And like you, I've tried diets. And like you, I found that they didn't work. And they're not a fix, right? A diet is not going to be a quick fix. If somebody tells you, hey, you can lose three clothing sizes in a week, Yes, you can. You can just not eat or you can dehydrate yourself. I don't know why you would do either of those things, however. So how do you get from where you are right now, whether that's health or weight or just overall wellness? How do you get from that to where you want to be? How can you improve any and all of those things? Well, I do have a system for you. I do have something to offer. And my background is as a board certified behavior analyst. 
I'm Precision Nutrition Level 2 Master Coach, and I have American Council on Exercise Certifications as a Health Coach, uh, Medical Exercise Specialist, and a few other things. I could keep going because if you know me at all, you know I love to study. And I'm always taking certificates because why not? You know, they're just fun. So the thing that those diets are missing that's absolutely crucial is the psychology. They're missing why you eat the way you eat. Now, that's not a judgment thing. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you you're bad or you're doing it wrong. But what are the attachments to different foods that you have? Where did those come from? Calorie restriction does not address that. Calorie is not a calorie. Now, it's controversial, or some say it is. I don't know why, because at the surface level, a calorie is a unit of heat. It's a measurement. How much energy does it take, etc. So, okay. But at that level, it's, it's the same thing. A calorie is a calorie. But when you get to the food that you eat, and the drinks that you consume, they are clearly not the same. If you have a calorie of avocado, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have a calorie of avocado, that is not the same as a calorie of a candy bar. What that does when it gets into your body is completely different. What your body recognizes there is completely different. And while we're mentioning candy bars, what it does to your brain is completely different. Did you know that high fat, high sugar foods increase the dopamine in the brain by 200%. That is similar, I've been reading the research on this, this is similar to the effect nicotine has on the brain. And we know that nicotine is an addictive substance, right? Sugar is known as the other white powder for a reason, because it, it kind of is, you know, it's addictive and it affects the brain. So when you give your kiddo sugary cereals for breakfast or um, there was a child at a school the other day who I know was having this sort of cake thing for breakfast. And I looked at the list of ingredients five times it had sugar in it. Different names, but five times it had sugar. So why, why would it have different names? Well, if you're going to say this product has this much sugar and it's a whole lot, you, you might be a little leery of buying it. Whereas if the sugar is hidden with different names, that doesn't look so bad, right? It's just a bunch of stuff that's in there. And we're not really taught to look at the ingredient list. We're taught to look at the label, right? Like look at how many calories there are, look at whether there's calcium or iron, uh, look at the fat content. Yes, but look at the ingredients. That's actually more important than that sort of carefully manipulated label, right? Because did you know that in many places, I'm going to say Canada and US, you can have up to half a gram of trans fat in your food without it being noted. So it can say zero trans fats per serving, just so long as it's less than half a gram per serving. And that explains why some of the packets you pick up, it might be potato chips, or it might be oh, I don't know, something along those lines, you look at it and it says, you know, three, three pieces is a serving. And, and you're like, no, that's not even a handful. What, what, what do you mean it's a serving? Well, it's a serving if you're wanting to keep trans fats off the label, right? And I'm not naming any brands or anything here. I don't think I have to. 
have a look at the ingredient list for yourself and see where the trans fats are because they are on there. It's just that it might not be obvious. So what's all this got to do with being beyond diets? Well, I'm glad you asked <laughs> because beyond the diet is all the stuff that really works. See, you can't change a lifetime of eating habits and a lifetime of connections from food to certain feelings, certain memories, emotions. You can't change those by following somebody's meal plan. If you think about it in those terms, that's what we're offered, right? Is, oh, hey, I'll follow this meal plan for a week and, and you'll lose weight. Okay, but is that sustainable? Are you eating in a way that actually feels good for you? Or does it feel like a deprivation? Are you getting into punishment now, right? Oh, I've been bad. Now I have to go and run a marathon so that I can wear off my candy bars. That's not actually how it works. <laughs> That's, that really is not how it works. First of all, if I could just go to exercise for a moment, exercise is what you get to do because your body is able to do it. And because you're here for that, movement is part of what we need to do. In your body, you have a heart that pumps the blood, right? Yep, we know that. That's not rocket science. But your legs, there's, there's no pump there, right? The way you keep your circulation going is by moving. That's the pump. It's the muscles that pump the blood vessels. So these two things work together, not the heart does everything. We have problems when the heart does everything. And then you have the lymphatic system. This is something that basically you need that to keep moving. It helps you to get rid of toxins and all kinds of things. And if that it's not working, you're not very well. And that doesn't have a pump. The pump is movement. So exercise isn't a punishment. It's not what you do because you ate a candy bar. It's what you do because you can. And it's what you do because you want to feel good. Right. So that's a separate subject. And sometimes people get those things confused. If I'm eating differently, I have to exercise. They're not the same thing. So let's keep them in their separate baskets for a while. So weight loss diets and, and just your diet in general, right? the diet of a human being. We eat food that comes from the ground or food that comes from a tree or from an animal right? That, that's food. When it comes from a can or a packet or a box and the sell-by date is like three years down the line or, you know, even longer sometimes, like seriously, there are certain things you can pick up that the, the sell-by date is going to last longer than you are. Well, ask yourself, what's in it? Like how much of that is actually food and how much of that is chemical? I'm going to tell you there's an awful lot of chemical in there to make it last that long. So this isn't something you want to put in your body once you know what it's doing to you because your body has to deal with that. It has to look at it and say, well, okay, what, what is this chemical? Where do I put it? And, and it's not going to help your body to rebuild itself, to repair itself, to keep going. So things start going wrong and your level of wellness goes down you might get some illnesses coming up. And all of this is because of the chemicals that are coming in. That's simplified, but I think you can follow what I'm saying and, and get that food is a crucial part. Now, another issue with weight loss diets is 
they typically operate on deprivation, right? Now, if somebody's going to tell you, you can never have chocolate again, I will bet the first thing you're going to do is go and run for that candy bar because you, you're not the boss of me and you don't tell me what to do. And even if you're exercising willpower, mentally you're still running for that candy bar, right? It's a matter of time because you're forcing yourself, which is what willpower is. It's a little bit of force. You're forcing yourself to eat differently. But who you are, why you eat the way you eat, what your connections are, None of that changed. So, of course, you're going to go back to the way you ate before. There was nothing there to change. It was just like a superficial, hey, do this and, and magical things will happen or take this pill or take this injection. You know, if you live in the U.S. and you see the advertisements, there are endless advertisements for really easy weight loss. And. Sure. I'm, sh I'm sure those meds work. You know, I'm sure they do. And great. But what's that doing to your health? And did it alter the way you eat? Did it do anything for your connection, your emotional connection to food? I'm going to say it didn't. So wouldn't you love to have a program that does address all that stuff, that actually clears out all the clutter, all the things that connect you to food that doesn't work for you? so that you can then have the freedom to choose the food that actually makes you feel good. And it's a choice, right? Nobody's going to tell you, you have to eat this, you can't eat that. Nobody's going to do that to you because it doesn't work. That's not how we operate as people. And we all have our different preferences, right? Taste buds and so on. But I'm going to say if it's coming out of a box, that might be a good place to look carefully at what's in it and maybe put that box down and go find something that's not labeled food that is food. Because if you noticed, if you look at the perimeter of the store, things like carrots, it doesn't say food. You've got other vegetables, it doesn't say food. Even meat products doesn't say food because it is food. So if it has to be labeled to tell you it's food, I'm going to say there's every good chance that actually it's a chemical you-know-what storm and you might want to not buy that. So hang on for just a minute while we have a break. We will be back shortly and I have lots of things to tell you about how you can effectively change your health and your weight. So don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. 
eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here. We're on one of my very favorite subjects, which is food, dieting, and not dieting. Dieting is something that is a very negative stick to kind of beat yourself with, right? It's not something I recommend because it's short-term and it doesn't really impact your health. So how would you love to be on less medications, no medications, in control of your health, and maybe relying on your self-care rather than the health care? Because our healthcare system, and it honestly doesn't matter what country you're in at this point, the healthcare systems are overburdened and they're not handling it very well. There's just too much. And so medication is a quick fix. And sometimes that's really not what you need. Sometimes it is, and, and that's great. And the doctor will tell you and they'll give you the things. But if you don't get sick in the first place because you are nourished properly, your food is actually giving you everything you need, then chances are you can stay out of the doctor's office in the first place. How cool would that be? I, I have to say that that's got to be a really good thing to do. And just think of how much money you'll save not going on these endless diets. And by the way, just a, a quick sort of thought here is, have you noticed that a lot of the more established weight loss diets also have a range of products that you can buy. So once again, we are back into the food industry and a whole lot of products. And when you look at the list of ingredients, they don't make sense. It's like, why would I eat this when I'm trying to eat healthily over here? So if you're on a weight loss diet that has special products for that particular type of diet, got to ask yourself, is that really sustainable? Is it really benefiting you more than it's benefiting the food industry? Because, you know, they're just looking at the consumer and saying, well, what will they buy? Let, let me figure out what they're going to buy and let's sell it to them. If you look at the advertisements, food advertisements are selling a lifestyle. They're selling an attitude. They're selling this sort of idealized person or people. You know, breakfast cereals are an easy one to look at because the kitchen is always perfect. There's no coffee rings anywhere. Nobody's in a bad mood. Everybody's dressed properly. You know, the kids are happy to go to school. And what's the centerpiece from this idyllic situation? It's the bowl of cereal. So the cereal has nothing to do with anything, but that's the thing that's being sold. And chances are you'll go for it. While we're talking about advertisements, if you watched the Super Bowl, then you will have seen a certain donut chain that had a massive and, and very entertaining advertisement. It had Tom Brady in it. It had Ben Affleck and J-Lo and Matt Damon and a few other people. Now, I invite you to consider for a moment how much money 
got spent on that advertisement. Just think of all those individuals and how much money they would have been paid to do that advertisement and to wear those clothes that are now actually for sale, I believe, right? How much money went there? And then how much money does the food product actually cost to produce? And how much are their workers paid? There's a massive discrepancy there. So I I just want to throw that out there before you run off to buy the tracksuit or whatever, that if you're going to do that, do it consciously. Know that that was a a very heavy-handed marketing ploy. And it's just typical of what everybody else was doing. You know, I'm not singling them out because I think they did it differently. I'm, I'm putting them forward because they're such a glowing example and very bright orange about it. So, you know, that's how much will go into advertising to have you buy something. And that thing that you're buying might not be that expensive money-wise. It might make sense money-wise, but what are you doing to your body? Have a look at the ingredients and then just think about that. Why do I keep going for this? Is it, you know, what kind of foods do you go for when you're stressed? For example, the other day I had a situation where I had a very stressful task to do. I got it done, but it was, you know, difficult to do. And at the end of it, I turned around to my husband and I said, I need chocolate. And with the same energy, he said, we don't have any. (laughs) And then we both laughed, right? Because that's not a thing that we do now. But that whole program of I'm stressed, therefore I should have chocolate popped right up. It's just that I could see it and I could choose not to go with it. So what's your stress program? What's your reward program? Yay, I'm going to celebrate. Let's get this big cake. Well, did it taste as good as you thought it would? Do you even like that particular type of cake? Or is it just that that's what everybody expects? Or is that because it's what you expect? And then when you go to someone's house and they have food and you might not like everything there, will you eat it anyway to be polite? Eating to be polite, that's interesting. Your body doesn't know the difference. It's going with, what can I do with this stuff that's been eaten? Is it nutritious? That's what your body's looking at, but you have a whole different program. And that's why I say beyond the diet, because you need to look at what's going on beyond the food. It's an amazing thing, but food is like this tip of the iceberg. It's the bit that you can see. And then all the psychology around it, all the reasons why we do what we do are the big part underneath the water that you can't see. But there is a system where you can start to unravel that. You can see it bit by bit and you can learn about it. I'm running a program right now with a group of people who are learning exactly this journey for themselves. And we're only two and a half weeks in. And we already have some major breakthroughs. There's one person who said she's originally from Europe and she doesn't like American um, pastries because they're too sweet. But she's found a source of European pastries. And now when she thinks of her family, she'll eat those pastries because it makes her feel connected to home in Europe. Well, how many of us do things like that? We've oh, this reminds me of home, oh, this reminds me of my mom, this reminds me of da-da-da, and you'll eat that thing to get the connection. Her breakthrough was she realized 
I could just pick up the phone and talk to somebody. I don't have to eat pastries. So now what we have is a choice. She can still choose the pastries, but she knows that she doesn't have to eat them in order to feel connected to home. So I hope that example helps you to get a handle on what we're talking about here with the food psychology. There's a lot going on that you don't see. It's old programming. It's from when you were a child. And, you know, if you wanted an ice cream, your parents would probably make you sit down to eat it. Why? Well, ostensibly so that you don't have ice cream spilling everywhere. But it's also to give your parents a few minutes rest. If you're sitting down to eat your ice cream, they can catch a breath, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But it becomes a pattern later. Oh, I have ice cream. I have to sit down. I'm sitting down. I want to have some ice cream. You know, that connection can come. And if it's certain temperature, you're at the park. You know, there are so many things that come into play. And I'm not saying any of these are wrong, but I am saying it's really fun when you can see what they are and make a decision about that. What do you want to do next? Do you want to keep eating that thing to feel the connection? Or would you like to feel the connection differently and then choose or not that food? That's the kind of thing that's beyond the diet. That's the kind of approach that will help you to learn what works for you and what doesn't so that you don't eat foods that make you ill. And a lot of us do because the ill is a sort of general sense of not quite well. You're not sick, but you're not, you know, your best, your energy is not great. You're not your best self. And some of us get used to it. And we're so used to that that we don't even realize it until it goes away. So beyond the diet is really important place to look because those, those weight loss diets, they're, they're just superficial. They're a quick fix. And as I've already said, quick fixes don't work. This, this issue of your health and your weight and your general wellness, whichever it is, this took a lifetime to get you to where you are. You didn't do that overnight. So how would you fix it in a week or, you know, a one month diet or a meal plan? It doesn't fix anything. One of the issues with people having bariatric surgery, which is, you know, the stomach stapling or whatever they're going to do to the stomach to make the stomach smaller. Well, your stomach is about the size of your fist, tops. That's it's possibly even a bit smaller than that. And it stretches when you eat. So if you make that stomach half its size, it's still going to stretch. And you've lost some of the ability to digest your food properly. So you're setting yourself up for some health issues with this. But the bigger picture here is when you have that surgery, for some people it works well, and those are the ones who get extra help with their nutrition choices and they're very determined and, and they bring in a whole lot of things. But the key is they have a lot of support. Other people will have that surgery and within no time, they're the same size they were before or bigger. Why? Because their eating habits didn't change. Their connections to the food did not change. It's not their fault. Nobody helped them to change from that. You can't just slap a Band-Aid on something and expect it to be okay, no matter how significant the Band-Aid is. I mean, that surgery is, is a massive deal, right? 
it's it's not something that anybody would undertake easily, but without the extra help, what are you doing? Where are you going with that? How can you expect to be healthy from there? It's a big problem, right? And if you're relying on your willpower, well, your willpower is, first of all, it's a tiny muscle, if you will. It's just there to give you a boost. And willpower tends to kick in after you've had success. And that's really important to know. So your success comes first. Then your brain says, oh, hey, I like all the dopamine from these successes. Let's, let's keep going even when we don't feel like it. Willpower can kick in at that point. This is just basic behavioral st- science, right? So it works, whether it's food, whether it's uh, changing a habit, going for a run, whatever it is. That's where willpower comes in, is after you've had success, not before. A lot of weight loss diets will rely on your willpower from the get-go. It's a very forceful way of doing things, and that cannot last, right? And even if it could, would you want it to? I don't think so. You want to do things by force? Hmm, that's no way to live. So if you could have a way of altering your relationship with food, permanently, that was no deprivation, no punishment, you know, no, I have to do this because of that kind of thing. Would you take it? Would you do that thing? I'm going to invite you to. Stay tuned. We have a break coming up right now, and I have more to talk about beyond the diet. So you're listening to me, Kyla Gaffinstone. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for listening, still being here, and hopefully taking some notes. If you want to email me, it's mickey at gaffinstone.com. And mickey is M-I-K-K-I. I'm not a mouse. So I'm easy to contact that way. You can find me on Facebook very easily. There's only one Kyla Gaffinstone. Um, I also hang out on Instagram occasionally and LinkedIn. So you can find me in those places. Send me a message. If you're interested in what I have to say and you would like to change your relationship with food, 
just send me a message and say wait list because I have a wait list now that is building ready for May when I launch this program again. I have one that's in progress right now and we, we just do that. We're not going to add extra people in because you need the whole process, right? Exactly as I've been explaining, there is a way of unraveling all of those attachments you have to certain foods. The ones that you think, oh, you know, I shouldn't have this, but I, I have to. You know, it's first thing in the morning coffee. It's three o'clock in the afternoon donut. It's the thing that you feel you have to have. Well, you might not be wrong. Maybe there is a sugar attachment there that is like an addiction and you're going to get kind of bad tempered or get a headache or something if you don't have it. Remember, fat and sugar, foods that are high in those those uh, items increases the dopamine in the brain by 200%. That's a big hit of dopamine. And when your brain gets used to that, it wants more and it wants more. So it's a process to undo that work without causing you, you know, lots of stress and difficulties with the process, right? Because stress is also part of holding on to weight. If you're permanently stressed about things, well, your body thinks that there's a saber-toothed tiger around the corner all the time. And getting rid of fat is not what it wants to do right now. It's getting you ready to run away from the saber-toothed tiger. So you actually hold on to belly fat particularly because this is a store for later after you finish running from the tiger. Your body is on a totally different time sort of trajectory to the one you're on. You're currently living in this environment where there's food all over the place. It, a lot of it's chemically laden. It's easily produced. You go to the store, there it is, right? Your body is running on a clock of, we have to go hunting now. We have to go gathering now. Watch out for the saber-toothed tiger. Like You have two completely different things going on. And to work well with your body, you need to understand where your connections are and, and how to give the body what it needs and less of the stuff it doesn't need, right? Nobody's talking about a Puritan diet here, but eating well means nourishing your body. So for example, how much water do you drink during the day? And how many of you just said, water? I don't drink water. Well, your body would love you to. And sometimes your body's gonna ask you for high fat, high sugar foods when actually it wants water. We don't read our signals very well. We don't really understand what's thirst and what's hunger quite often. We just go straight for the food. And part of that is because the body doesn't care where it gets its water from. It can come from leaves or it can come from, you know, a, a cup, but it just wants water. And we can sometimes misinterpret that quite often, in fact, and we end up with the wrong stuff. Did you ever wonder why we have so many people who are, extra, extra large in their size, but they don't look like they eat that much. You know, like, how does that happen? Is it just that you have genetics that make you big boned or something? Um, you know, I hear all kinds of ideas about that, but actually what's happening is you're looking at somebody who is undernourished. They're getting all the calories, but they're not getting the nutrients. The calories are kind of empty. And that happens a lot when you go for fast food. 
But fast food is high sugar, high fat, and so it kind of hits the dopamine centers. So that's a cycle that you can see quite easily that that comes up, right? So if you could do a program that would take you step by step through adding in the good stuff before you ever took anything away, if you could do a program that would show you where your relationships are happening with food and how you can alter that to be something you're in control of, would you want to do that? If you would, I invite you to email me or message me in social media and just tell me you'd like to be on the wait list or you'd like to know more about it and I can tell you all about it. We have another program coming up in May and I'm already excited for it because this one's going so well. I can't wait to get more people in and do more of it. And we cover all kinds of things from reducing your stress, increasing your good experiences during the day that aren't related to food. Noticing, you know, there's, there's so much that goes on in this program. And food is kind of the pathway, if you will, but it's not the punishment. It's not the big deal that it's made out to be when you're on a weight loss diet. So, you know, those diet companies that will send you food to your house as well, those work in that you're, you're likely to reduce your weight, but they don't teach you anything about why you choose what you choose or how that works for you in your body or even how to make the food yourself. Those programs don't help you long-term. You would have to make a significant investment to keep buying from them. And then you also can't eat anything else, right? You've, you've locked in to what they're giving you. And that can be self-limiting, I think. That's not going to be a, a long-term fix, right? So look at your situation right now. How happy are you? Are you happy with your weight? Are you happy with your health? Are there some medications you'd like to get off? Any of these things, if, if these are ticking boxes for you and you're sort of, hmm, there is that thing I would like to work on, then I invite you to have a conversation with me and let's see if this is something that you're ready to do. Would you like to make that commitment? Because here's the thing, it's not an overnight fix. It takes 90 days. And at the end of 90 days, there's a community that you can continue with if you choose it. You don't have to. It, it will continue to be effective for you outside of that. But some people like that because we can have, you know, lots of experts coming in and new recipes and all sorts of things exchanged. People who don't usually cook sometimes start cooking during this program because they realize, oh, I'm missing out. I want to do this. You, know, you learn how to go order the food you actually want when you're at a restaurant. Because, you know, when you look at the menu, that's just a, a list of ingredients that somebody else has arra arranged, right? You could take something out. You could switch things around. You can be that person. Remember when that first started? Oh, I don't know, some years ago, where you would see maybe in California, that person who wants the dressing on the side and they want this that way and that that way. Well, actually being that person is not a bad thing because you're helping the restaurant know what you want. You're telling them exactly what ingredients you'd like out of the ones they have on the menu and how you'd like to eat that. 
if your restaurant can't handle that, maybe they've pre-prepared the food and that might not be your best choice. So the program that I'm working with is Wild Fit. And then I bring my coaching, behavioral psychology into that. And we really shift your understanding of what the food industry is doing, the marketing that's so clever and, and very effective. I mean, they're selling lifestyles and people are buying them. That's why they keep selling them because it works. That's just, you know, understanding human nature and then capitalizing on it. That's what happens there. So this program is designed to really offload all those stories about what you should and shouldn't eat and have you learn for yourself. You know, what works for me might not work for you. Let's find out what works for you. So if you're interested in this, again, I invite you to contact me. We're starting in May. And if you have any questions about that, we're still starting in May. So once again, the program is called Wild Fit. It's 90 days and you have coaching with me. We have a small group and the group of people right now are experiencing all kinds of new relationships with food already. What fruits like, you know, when do you want to eat fruit? I'm going to give you a little tip right now and say, if you are somebody who likes to eat fruit, just try this one thing. Change the time of day that you eat your fruit to first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, don't have anything else. Just see what that does for you. I had somebody do this who was very, very slim. She did not need to lose any weight. In fact, she could have put a little bit on and that might have been a good thing. But she had this little bit of a belly. And just by doing that one change, putting fruit first thing in the morning before eating anything else, and that bloating that was sitting there went away. Within, actually, that was within a week. That was a pretty short-term thing. But that was all she needed to do to feel a whole lot better. So sometimes what you need is not a huge, massive overhaul. It can be some small things. But you don't know until you know. You don't know until you learn what it is you're doing that your body doesn't like. This program goes through all of these avenues so that you can discover, oh, hey, I thought that was a good thing and it's actually not working for me. If you have stories around food that it's good to eat that, it's bad to eat that, that's something that I'd like you to consider for a bit and just consider where did you get that story from? Who told you that? And if it's something you just know, in air quotes, then I invite you to look into it. Even Google it, like just look it up and, and find out, is that food actually a problem for you? Why? Like, where did you get that story from? We have a lot of stories that don't really stand up to scrutiny. When you put the flashlight on them, it's like, nah, I just picked that up somewhere. Or maybe it was a very effective advertisement. Maybe it's a story you heard your grandmother say. Well, I can tell you now, the food your grandmother ate isn't the food you're eating now. That is not the same stuff. We have so many products out there now. And it's hard to find something that hasn't been messed with. An example, my husband and I went shopping for chicken jerky for our dogs. We have five dogs and they are all, you know, they like chicken. I can't imagine a dog that doesn't. 
And we found this package of stuff. It looked fine. It just looked like dried chicken. So, yeah. And I was about to go get it when he turned it over and looked at the ingredients. It had chicken, sugar, and glycerin. Now I ask you, why is there sugar in dog food? Because dogs want to eat. Like you are not going to persuade a dog to eat more chicken jerky with sugar. They'll eat whatever they can get their teeth on. So, you know, they'll, they'll go through the packet if you give them the packet. You don't need the sugar. So why is it there? Isn't that interesting? And we had such a time to find food that didn't have sugar in for the dogs. That's wild. No wonder they need expensive, special weight loss diet bags of stuff. I'm not going to name the name, but, you know, no wonder they need those. The sugar in everything. Wild. So if that's what they're doing to dog food, hmm, I have to look at the cat food. But if that's what they're doing to the dog food, imagine what's in your food. Or better than imagine, go have a look in your cupboard. We have a break coming up, so hang on for just a little bit before you go to your cupboard, because once you get in there, it's, it's going to be a rabbit hole. I will see you in just a moment, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the program and how to contact me and all those good things, plus next, next week's episode. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here. We just have a little bit of time left, and I want to tell you about next week's show. So I have another book coming out, and the book is called Our Forgotten Children. And the host, that I'm the host, the guest next week is Sarah Troy, and she is the person responsible for bringing 15 experts together to produce this book. It's all about children. It's 15 very unique perspectives. And my contribution is right at the beginning of the book. I feel very honored to be there. So Sarah is going to come and tell us all about the project and why she's doing this and what she hopes for it. Because we're looking for a big impact, beginning with this book and then traveling on. So if you're interested in children's welfare, you have children, you work with children, I invite you to tune into that show. And if you'd just like to know what the new ideas are, because we have very different perspectives for this, and it's not what you're used to. It's not your parents' parenting, put it that way. So that's the show for next week. This week, we're talking about Beyond the Diet, which is the weight loss diet, and the whole world that opens up for you, a world of better health, energy, like think about what your why would be for this program. What would you like to change in your life right now? Are you able to move as much as you'd like to? 
can you sustain your activities? Like, do you have the stamina? That's what I'm asking. Can you chase your kids if you need to or want to? Or grandchildren? Like, can you do all the things you want to do? Is your health as good as it could be? Are there things that you take medication for that maybe, just maybe, you could find a way to nourish yourself well enough to not need them anymore? This program, Wild Fit, and the coaching that I'm doing, we have had people who have been diagnosed with things such as diabetes type 2 who have done, gone through Wild Fit and really played full out, and they've gone back to their doctor, and the doctor has said, well, how did you do that? I don't understand. You no longer have diabetes. And, of course, they don't immediately say you no longer have diabetes. They want to test you a few times first because this is unusual. But there are people who have gone in to the program with type 2 diabetes and they've come out of it getting off their medications with their doctor's full approval. And, you know, we, we're not doctors. We don't give those that kind of advice. I'm not going to tell you to stop your meds, but I'll bet your doctor will. So that's something that you can look for in this program. It's powerful stuff and it's long lasting because it's behavior change science. And behavior change science basically gets you from where you are right now that you don't want to be to the place you do want to be. This is the path. And it's the path that has a solid foundation so you can rely on it. It's not going to go away or, you know, it's, you're not going to fall off the wagon. There's no wagon. There's only learning experiences. So it's a very different program. Are you ready for something that's completely new? Are you ready to try a very different approach and get your life back? I invite you to consider it. This is something where, you know, self-care rather than healthcare. That alone is worth 90 days of your time, don't you think? It's exciting stuff. So I invite you to consider it. And you'll learn all kinds of things there that you can help your kids with too, with their nutrition. Because just imagine how many kids are being diagnosed right now with hyperactivity when if you look at what they're eating, there's an awful lot of sugar in it. Well, what does sugar do? Kind of hypes you up, right? So how fair is it? I'm not going to say the diagnoses are not warranted. I'm sure some are, and I suspect some aren't. I suspect some are food-related. You could find out with your own children, couldn't you? There is a way to work with food that will enhance your health and theirs. So I invite you to try it. It's WildFit and my coaching. Together, we're reimagining your life, your relationship with food, and creating something amazing. The next cohort starts in May, and I'll have 15 places. So if you're interested in the wait list, I invite you to contact me. Once again, it's Mickey at gaffinstone.com, M-I-K-K-I at gaffinstone.com. That's my email. You can check out my website, which is gaffinstone.com. I'm getting a theme here. And if you're interested in human design while you're there, Check that out too. But for now, we're talking about your relationship with food. And if there's any questions anybody would like to ask me in the chat, I have time to take those right now. Otherwise, I'm just going to let you know that you can skip the diets and 
bring real food into your life. If you eat organic food, that can be interesting too. It's not as cut and dried as you might think. And that's something we look at. How healthy is your organic food? If you're a meat eater, what kind of meat are you eating? Is it from the store? Is it organic? Is it really? Is it pasture-raised? You know, so many questions to answer and all the research to look at. I do the research so you don't have to, but if you'd like to know it, then you have access to that as well. So this whole program has a way of helping you break cycles that you don't want to continue. Now, I did have a question in the chat, so thank you very much for that. The different kinds of milk, what should you drink? Well, I'm gonna say cow's milk is probably not your best bet. If you think of how big a cow has to grow from birth to you know one year or six months, I don't know that they even stick around for a whole year before something happens to them, but look how much growth they have to do. And then look how much growth you wanna do. Do you really want that food? It's not designed for humans. So cow's milk is probably not your best option, especially given all the things that are injected into the cow and end up in the milk. So then you have nut milk options. You can try those and see what works for you. Again, look at the ingredients because if you're buying store-bought stuff, a lot of it has sugar in there or it has some kind of sweetener. So look for the unsweetened and try that, see how it works for you. There's, there are so many options. Reading the ingredients rather than the label is going to be your friend. I would ask you to consider that. And if it's got ingredients in that you don't recognize, try Googling them. Just, you know, you don't have to stand there for an hour looking at the, the whole thing, but pick one or two to just Google and see what it is and then decide, do you actually want to consume that? So the different kinds of milk, I would say try nut milk, oat milk. Um, you might like rice milk, but that's a bit thin. Your, your choice, really. So I hope that answers the question. And if you have more questions, please do contact me and let me know. And I'm very happy to answer them. In the meantime, tune in for the show next week. Our Forgotten Children with my special guest, Sarah Troy. And we're going to go into a whole new world of raising children and how to do it differently. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationships show. Makayla returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey, and with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.